This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 19 Cats and Counting and our favorite podcast hosted by our favorite cat behavior specialist and multi-cat expert, Rita Rymers. How you doing, Rita? I'm good. How are you today? I am good. I'm kind of bumming, though, because I know we're going to talk about cat grief. I know. And that's a tough subject. But that is on my list. I have a list of questions I want to ask God when I get there. And one is, why do cats have such short lives? I hate this. You I lose know. so many. As we're talking about this, my baby Simba is nipping at my toes down here. Um, I wish they lived for. I wish they lived forever. But you know, an inside cat can live to be 18, 20 years old, and the oldest cat on record, I believe, is 32. So some can have Woo! some pretty long lives. That is great. Yeah. Well, I tell myself that means you can rescue another cat that went, you know, if all my cats live to be 20s or 30s even, then, you know, I I wouldn't have been able to rescue some of them that I rescued. That is true. But cat grief is hard. And I'm sure you hear this from people. Not everybody gets it. And people, you know... If I said my child died, there'd be an outpouring and I'd have casseroles. If I say my cat dies, it's like, eh, sorry, yeah, I know, we love them. And then they expect you to move on. Or the worst thing when my Sadie died is somebody who was a good friend of mine said to me, well, don't you have six others? I thought that was so heartless. If if one of my children died, would they say, oh, you've got others? You know? No. I don't know. I I don't know. Sometimes I wonder where people's thoughts are. Maybe they would say that. You're right. I'm having to hold the microphone right now because I let Simba in here and I probably shouldn't have. Oh, Simba. Anyway. Uh um, So, you know, the thing is, these days, more and more people are living alone. They're apart from their families. They live in other cities from their, which I did for years, you know, and their pets, especially their cats, are the predominant other person in their lives for life yes. better and even yes. if you're married or you have a significant other you know do you let your significant other come in the bathroom with you i don't think so right. but your but my cats they're in the bathroom with me they see it all I let my poor husband get away with half of what these cats get away with but see <laughs> and i know i when we were um doing the pet sitting i know we had a los angeles client that i i just about died she was originally from europe she has no family there you know work associates etc but no family she got this cat this cat is her child she doesn't have a significant other she doesn't have human children this is her child and so when she'd travel back to europe she'd take this kitty on the plane with her well she adopted a second cat and you know you can't take two cats on the plane unless you put one in cargo and I'm not putting no. my child in cargo. I'm not sure about you, but she oh. couldn't do it. So she stopped going home and yeah. it wasn't, she finally reached out to us under great pressure from her family that she had to come visit them in Europe. So she finally gave in and said that, you know, she would go ahead and get a cat sitter, but she was scared to death. And I, uh-huh. and I get it. I mean, well, there's a whole can't... nother show we can do about pet sitting. Yes. Yes, but yeah, these cats, they're her family. They're what she's got there in LA and that's huge. And so 
if that's your entire life, that's who you're coming home to, that's who you're going to bed with, this is your child, and they die, it's devastating. Well, that's me. I mean, and especially I moved out to LA. I didn't know that many people. I knew a few people, but not many. I had left a career I had had for 22 years. I had actually driven across country with my six cats. I had acquired a seventh. And these guys were my everything. They were the only stability in my life. So when my Sadie passed away even though we were kind of expecting it it was just devastating i wanted to die literally you've written sadie's heart which if you're a clubhouse member at readerrhymers.com uh you can get the pdf download for free and read it uh it's also available on amazon in kindle or in soft cover right and the first time i read it i was checking for typos it's not a long book it's something that you can sit down and dedicate some time and read through and it's hard to put down once you get started yeah, it's about a hundred and just, some odd pages so it, okay so yeah it's you know if you want to just take an hour and a cup of coffee and sit and read but grab the tissue box mm-hmm. i have never sobbed and i mean so, like snot you know the whole <laughs> Well, plus, I I took the time to dig out photos, you know. Some of the photos I didn't remember I had. Like, I was talking about when Sadie was diagnosed. Well, I guess I should should back up. Sadie was diagnosed with a heart condition called ventral septal defect when she was just a tiny little kitten. And I was told she wouldn't live past six months. Well, she lived to be not quite seven years old. She was a tiny little thing. She always was smaller than the other kitties. And when she was diagnosed with BSD, ventral septal defect, you know, I had her in the car with me and I was just sobbing because they told me she probably wouldn't live very long. And there's a picture and it's in the book of her. She climbed up on my shoulder and she's got her head between my shoulder and the seatbelt and trying to comfort me. Well, that's, the book is not just a great grief resource. I mean, it's an amazing grief resource. But it's so much more. The story of how you got her, for one thing, is just comical and typical <laughs> for us. Somebody else gets a kit and then you end up, you know, because it was the boss's cat. And where's the boss? Well, no, he's yeah. not here. So can my husband's allergic. Can you please just take this kitten and then give it back to him? And then you took the kitten and fell in love. So there's there's that amazing story. And then yeah. there's a story she wasn't of supposed to be my issues. I had just uh-huh. lost mischief. I was still in grief over my diabetic kitty mischief who passed uh-huh. away just a, about a month beforehand. Yeah, so isn't the first line in the book, I don't want another cat. Yeah, I believe <laughs> it is. How most of my cat stories but start. I don't want a cat. <laughs> yeah. Yes, or I do believe that's like the first sentence. Yeah. But and then when you found out what was wrong and and not just taking the vets, but searching for other ways to administer the medication. And I'm not going to give the whole book away, but it really was also a great resource <laughs> on if you have an ill cat. And what you can do. I mean, the power of your love, you kept that cat alive for seven years. I believe there was a point, it's been a while since I read the book. I'm not in the mood to cry right now. I have makeup on. Uh, so there's a point in the book where didn't you, you like took it to the vet or something and they were like, how is this cat alive? Yeah. When I first moved out to LA and I saw Dr. Bell in Woodland Hills, uh, and was like, how is this cat even alive? I said, I, I don't know. Every vet yeah. who saw her would say the same thing and, and they would all say, it's just love. And and Kara, I yes. think my vets all thought I had crushes on them because I would be calling them constantly. What can we do now? Can we do this? Can we try that? You know, I just wanted it a hot cat. Actually, a couple of them were pretty hot. <laughs> 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 Dr. Ah! Bell, 
And the doctor that um, confirmed Dr. Margaret's diagnosis, I can't remember his name, but he was really cute too. So yeah, but no, <laughs> it wasn't anything about <laughs> the money you save on vet care. <laughs> I know, you know, and there's a vet here in the Charlotte area that my mom wanted me to go out with. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. I just, you know, she said the same thing. Think of the vet bills you would save. No, you know, just no. You're like, you're like a Catholic priest who's married to the church. You're married to your cats. These are your mission. This is where your focus goes. Yep. This is yep. the thing. Yep. It, I know where to Take a pretty special man. Yeah, take a pretty right special man. man but... along, you know, and if that's yeah. missed, it'll happen. I don't need to be out there dating, you know. Yeah. Every, I haven't dated it. real men time. love cats. Well, yeah. and, but I'm not desperate. That's the thing is I've spent the last 20 years building my career. And then I looked up yes. and went, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to have a partner in my life, aren't I? Oh, I didn't yeah. have it. Oh, well, you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, cats. You're on a mission. I live, breathe, and sleep cats. But, yeah, they, you know, you, know, she was like, I she was my soulmate cat. You know, and I think because she needed such special concentrated care, we had a very deep relationship. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, you and I know you had problems giving her the medication and you had to look for other ways to administer it. And you found somebody that compounding play and just it was such a great resource for all of that. But, yeah, you you just the story develops and you just feel this love I mean this is your daughter and I know and others have testified to the fact that Sadie would say mama at you and I mean yeah. how amazing and when she passed when I got to that part in the book I just was just losing my stuff I'll tell you when you walked in and she's on the couch and I just screamed out no and just sobbed like ugh. You know what possessed me to write it, Linda, is that when I was going through this, there was nothing out there that let me know I wasn't crazy. You know, I thought, because I thought the same thing. She's a cat, but I was in such deep grief. It was like I lost a child. You did. You lost your daughter. Yes. And Richard Simmons, he called me every day. And even, you know, he would even say, but your other cats need you. You have to get out of bed. I'm like, but I don't want to. Yeah, I just didn't go on. Oh, I know what I went through when my latte died. We called her Nurse Latte. She was one that, yeah, I we didn't intend on adopting her. We went to this fall festival at this flower place here in town, and Jackie from Friends of Felines was working a booth and and selling products to help fund the the rescue. And she said, "I was just thinking about you." Uh oh, I just adopted (laughs) Subaru and Baca, and she said. She had this mama cat named Java that came to her pregnant. And so they gave all the babies coffee names. And Latte had gone with these loving people. And she had lived with them for a few years. I want to say three or four. And then I I, I don't know what happened. Yes. Her mama was Java. All the kittens got coffee names. So she was Latte. So I've never told you that story. I can't believe that. Ah, yes. Latte. And. Yeah, the people, I don't remember what the story was, but for some reason they, I don't know, had to move and couldn't take the cat, whatever. And she said, you know, this cat has lived in a home. I don't want to put her back in a rescue with all these other cats. You know, I, she needs a home. So Brian and I looked at each other, went home, got the carrier, drove to friends of, you know, (laughs) sight unseen, picked the cat up. That word sucker was showing again. Oh. Without a doubt, without Jackie knew who to talk to. I was thinking about you. Uh oh, <laughs> she was so 
so loving. Anytime anybody got sick, one of the little kids got sick, she'd lay on them and just purr. And I know there's healing qualities in those purrs and that yes. the megahertz that it hits. And mm-hmm. she would just take care of you, would not leave your side. I kept saying, you know, are you eating? Are you using the litter box? Are you just laying on this feverish child? She was amazing. And she got cancer and I kept her. Her tumor was huge on her leg. It was just, I remember when my parents came back from Florida and saw her and, you know, hadn't seen her for six months. My mother, oh, Linda. And I'm like, shush, I can't hear it. I know, you know, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And it took until she was really having problems um, with respiratory and, and I knew it was time. And then I had to rush her to do it right then. And yeah, I was, I was devastated. I mean, I. Remember Jane was going through it at the same time. That was Jane who was our reservationist at the time at Just for Cats Pet Sitting. I think her kitty passed away about a week before yours. And they had the same rare cancer. Mm -hmm. It was very weird because they said it was a rare cancer and it was very fast growing. They couldn't, you know, they looked into just taking her leg, but it was too far into the hip and spread and you couldn't, you know. I know you kept asking me, when do I know it's time? And I kept telling you, you'll, (laughs) you'll know. I just kept feeling uh, like I wanted to keep her. I know. But I knew that, you know, and she never, she was not a complainer. And I kept saying, if she complains or shows that she's in pain, but then I noticed, you know, she wasn't going upstairs anymore, but then she could still get on the couch. And then she started those last, I think, two days she was laying underneath the kitchen table. And I knew that was it. That's but, like you when know, my pumpkin died. Going, oh, yes. When they start laying underneath yes. the table and they start trying to hide away, that's a sign. Things are serious. Yes. Yes. Get them to the vet or, or, yeah. Or if you know of the cause and I, I just knew. And then, yeah, she was having problems breathing and then, then it could get a little better. And then do it again. No, I, no, I had to take her in and I had to rush her in and yeah, it was awful. And I was just, I, and I kept, I, I sat in the office sobbing going, I'm sorry. I waited too long. I'm selfish. I love you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And oh, it was awful. And then I brought her home. I couldn't, which I always leave my cat there to be cremated always I couldn't do it I just I don't know what it was but you know she was just so special and I couldn't leave her and I I wrapped her up in a baby blanket and I I brought her home and when my husband got home from work he had to dig and he found me in the bedroom holding the deceased cat is that too much information I don't know but it was I mean I was just destroyed I'm sitting there rocking this cat just I I totally get it Oh, I totally, yeah. I had a hard time leaving Sadie when, when we took her t- to be cremated. Well, you'll read that in the book. Um, yeah. it's very hard. Yeah. Yes. And, and I've yeah. had others I, pass away since. And, you know, whether you make the decision or whether they die at home, it, it still is. I don't know which way is worse to tell you the truth. I've had it both ways. I've had re die at yeah. home and then I've had to oh. make the decision for uh, quite a few others, like seven or eight others. It's, I wish we had one of those visiting vets. It would have been not, you know, I'm shoving her in a carrier and taking her on a trip. What cat loves to go to the vet's office? You know, this is not the thing I want to be doing to my cat who is already in such misery, you know? And I, oh yeah. And I just, yeah. Giving her up was the hardest. Brian came home and I told him on the phone what was going on. He came home early and he reached out to take her from me. And I looked at him and I said, you haven't got the hole yet. What are you going to do? You're going to lay her on the floor. What are you going to just lay her on the hard ground? This mm-hmm. is a lot today. Like, oh, no, I get okay, it. Okay. Go back. He actually said after everything was said and done and some time had passed that he was afraid we would be sleeping with the dead cat. Oh. <laughs> he was afraid to get her out of my hands. But once he had everything ready, I reluctantly gave her up. But it was, 
I wouldn't doubt there's someone out there who has done that. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's just, you know, I know you're not going to lay her on the hard ground while you, I'm going to keep her until, you know, yeah. My husband was a little scared of me, but I just was my well, and, and the other the other thing, too, is like making the decision is so hard. I remember, and you might remember this story, when my um, Sebastian was so sick. I think I've told you this story. And I took him, I'm not going to name the vet because I don't want to embarrass anyone. And I took him to the vet. And he wasn't deathly sick yet, but he was, you know, starting on the decline. And this vet thought I should put him down. And I said, he's still eating. He's still drinking. He's still purring. He's still sleeping on the bed. Why? Why should I put him down? And I, he started screaming at me. You wait too long to put oh. your cats down. And he just was, you know, with everything he had. And I just picked up my cat and I went out and paid oh. the bill. And I said, goodbye. And I never went back to that vet's office. Even oh. though I had great respect for the other vet in the office, whose office it actually was, whose practice it actually was, I would not go back there because, and he actually wrote me a long letter apologizing and saying that, you know, he's having a bad day and he had just gone through something with yeah, another client and he took it out on me, but uh-huh. I don't care. I never went back. And yeah, I get it. I mean, I, he lived I another two that. years, I, Linda, and t- before oh, he was exactly to the point where I had to, you know, let him go. So, well, you know, they, sometimes yeah. when a vet thinks it's time to let him go, if you don't feel it, if your cat's not yes. actively suffering and you don't feel it's time, it's not time. Um, we had a client cat that they put the cat down and it was a misdiagnosis and the cat just needed medication. I don't remember the whole story, but you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, you, you really got to go with your gut. And if uh-huh. you're not ready, you know, and I, I can understand from a vet's point of view, you know, you're going to go home and make this cat suffer, end it now. But you don't know what to have. They said that Latte would be lucky to have three months. There's no way she'd make it six. And I want to say she made it nine or ten. So, you know. And who am I to say or who are you to say that those extra six months were not hers to have? You know, were they yours to deny her? No. And ours as a family who loved her and wanted time from her. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are people with the heart condition Sadie had that would have gone straight to euthanasia. And that's what they recommended. And I said, no. Oh, see, there you go. And I, you know, I'm glad we have that option, you know, as opposed to people that we don't have to let them be in pain and suffer it out and, you know, go through that. But it's tough. And I say, you know, you wouldn't just kill a person because they had this, you know, I mean, she wasn't suffering. And when she finally passed, she had a massive coronary is what happened. And I mean, I was only gone from the house two hours, so I know she wasn't long suffering. So why, why should I have denied her almost seven years of life because that she might die at six months, right? And you, our cats give us such a gift. If you'd have euthanized her as a kitten, you would have missed out on seven years of Sadie. And that was such a blessing. And that was your first soul cat, heart cat, you know, that. That's why I got involved in rescue because after, you know, after I spent that week in bed, I thought, you know, I have to stop and I have to make something positive happen from this. That's when I started volunteering at Save a Life Rescue and all the rest of these babies came into my life. (laughs) Yes. I have a wonderful vet's office, Napoleon Veterinary Clinic in Napoleon, Ohio, that um, every time I had to put in a euthanize an animal, they would give a little donation in their name. I thought that was just the yeah, neatest Dr. way. Dr. Shaw they're, did they're that also, for me. Yeah, 
isn't that just the best? And they send a sympathy card and so sweet. And, you know, they just, they give you, they treat you like they should treat you. And I know that that's funny to say, but I've, I've had experiences with other vets that were not the same, that they totally got it, that I'm saying goodbye to a family member and making a decision that, I mean, there's guilt involved too. When you decide who am I to take a life, right? Or to decide that your life is over. It's a very hard decision for a person to make, especially for someone that they really, really love. So when that time comes and and they give you that respect and that time alone with them and the time alone with them after the cat has passed, it's just such a beautiful thing. You feel like you're being treated with respect and love and it feels safer to leave your cat there knowing that these people loved. And I've even seen a few texts tear up you know, at the time. So when you feel that care, yeah. When I started going to see, you know, Indian land veterinary hospital and I, and I got that, that card from Dr. Shaw saying that she had donated and, you know, I just, yes, I can't remember which kitty it was. It was pickles. I think she had donated in pickles name and that just meant the world to me. It's just the sweetest thing. And, and I'll tell you, if somebody's listening that doesn't have cats, I really hope that what they're getting out of this is an understanding of how we feel about our babies. And it goes for people with dogs and people with any companion animal, how serious this is. And, you know, send your friend a little, I don't care, a little e-card or something, sympathy card, and let them know that, you know, you take this seriously. Because the whole reason that we do funeral homes and such for people, I mean, it's not because people love standing around a dead person in a coffin <laughs> and crying and wearing black, you know, although it is slimming. Uh, it's <laughs> not a good, a good time to it is all. But, it, but it's because we come together in times like that to support each other. And you don't have that with an animal. If no. You don't have a group of people that really understand and, and can sympathize. You're just left. And so often it just happens. Uh, I remember when your Abby passed. I know. I'm sitting here thinking about all of them. (laughs) Yes. I picked up the phone. I was going to call you for something and you got a text. I got a text. You sent me a text and it said, Abby's dead. And I was like, what? What? And I called you. Yeah. And, and you were just killing yourself. How did I miss this? I'm a, I'm a cat expert. How did I miss this? She was sick. Well, you couldn't, it was just one of those things. It was cancer, yeah, wasn't yeah. it with her? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there were no, there were no outward tumors. There was no way for you to know. And it just took her and she went to sleep and, and didn't wake up. And there you are alone. And again, yeah, you're not calling the the coroner. You're not putting her at the funeral home. You're not going to have people gathering and sending you casseroles. You're just. Well, my friend Jane came over. She came over. Yes. Yes. Uh, Good. Yeah. It was the thing is too, the worst thing you can say to somebody who's lost a companion animal is get over it or you'll get another one or don't you have another one or, you know, just say, if you don't have anything to say, just say, I'm sorry. And don't say anything else. Right. That age old wisdom from our mothers. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't (laughs) say anything at all. Is that how it goes now? It's true. You know, um, my mother, she would say, shut your pie hole. <laughs> but she definitely <laughs> said, you don't have to be nice to say, don't say anything at all. I remember yes. when um, the dog we had when I was growing up, Blazer, he died right after I got married. He still lived at home with my parents. He was really my dad's dog. And he was 16. He was a lab golden mix. And my dad was so broken up. He, um, in the same week, well, it was like six months after I got married. And in that same week, his best friend died of a heart attack. His sister died. And then the cherry on the cake was the dog died. 
So it was like all his grief went into the dog dying and we owned some land in Allegheny County and, and he took Blazer down after the vet put him down and he drove, it was like two hours away and he buried him and he wanted to do it by himself because he needed that closure, you know? Yes. So everybody yes. handles it in their own way, but he was in a lot of pain yes. for losing that dog. Oh, yes. Well, especially our companion animals, you know, they see us at our best and at our worst. Uh, you know, if I'm sick in bed and look a fright or look homeless, as I often do lately, since Corona and I don't leave the house, uh, you know, your cat's there and they're giving you love. And they're, especially when, if ever I'm sad or really shook up or sick, then my cat is there. And that's, it's a huge bond. And then they're not there. That's horrible. Can you imagine if I didn't have any cats left? I would have been alone all this time because, you know, I don't have anyone else in the house. My parents are not far away, but, you know, with with COVID and I don't have my face masks yet. And, you know, they've been going to the store a lot more than me. We're just keeping our distance from each other. Yes. You know, you've got people in the house, but without the cats, I'd be all alone here. I probably would have broken the lockdown order already. Uh huh. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, I haven't seen my parents in I don't know how long because they came back from Florida and I, I don't want to. I have not been out, I know. but my son has a paper route. My husband goes to the bank and I don't know that that there isn't COVID in the house. And I, sure. I would never forget myself if I gave that to my parents. So I'm yeah. not because you'd be sick already, but you don't want to yeah, take that chance. But yeah, it's an awful big risk with your parents, you know. You I kind of like them. I want to keep for a while. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, the symptoms haven't presented yet, but it's there because as with any illness, you get it before it's there. So, yeah, that's my cats. They're they're my buddies. Matter of fact, I was thinking yesterday only Super was in the bedroom with me and I was like, eight cats and I've got one. I was like, I think I need to adopt another <laughs> cat. <laughs> I know the other night there was nobody on the bed with me, and I thought, what happened? What happened? I don't know where they were. I mean, sooner or later they came in, but, you know, with 19 cats to have not one on the bed with me, that was weird. If you had showered, is that the problem? I don't know, because cats the riper, the better for a cat, right? (laughs) Yeah. Cats like smelly things. We've talked about that before. Yes. why why yeah your daughter's work shoes the cats would stick their heads in they were so disgusting we wanted to leave them on the porch in the factory and yeah the cat working in a factory then it wasn't like you know so they were really smelly shoes (laughs) yeah yeah nice sweaty feet shoved in work boots all that time yes Uh too clean then maybe that was the deal maybe it was the night yeah. I took for bed it was nice to shower which will just give you more excuses not to shower but we digress <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, if you have not read Sadie's heart like I said if you're a member of the clubhouse which right now a month is one dollar and that goes to friends of felines rescue you can Center read it online order. I don't have the pdf it's that you read it right right there online <laughs> chapter by chapter okay yeah you read it online in the clubhouse for free, or you can get it on Amazon, on Kindle, or now on paperback. I love, I love, I love. I love the so, paperback. It took me a while yeah. to finally get that done because, you know, I do all my own formatting and and, and I was scared yeah. to read it again. And, you know, you have to format a little different than you do for the Kindle download. And so I had to read it again. Oh, I had no. to really, you, I had to study. Yeah, not as bad, but, you know, I just lost Toby and Pumpkin this year, so it brings yeah. all that up again. 
Uh, every every time you worst. lose one, you think about the other ones that you've lost. Just like with people, exactly. when, you lose, uh, when you lose a relative or a friend, you think about all the other yes. ones. Yes. Like I always recommend. I always recommend that if people are considering adopting, that they adopt before if they know that their cat is, you know, getting up there in age or whatever, that they adopt before the cat goes. Because I got kismet by accident by by you, uh, my North Carolina kitty, right before Latte passed, and I would not have adopted. And if Latte had passed, it would have been too hard to adopt. So, I mean, eventually I would have, but. Yeah, having it's like me, and, like me with yeah. um with uh, Simba, my orange kitten. He came yeah. like the week before my other orange cat, Colby, passed away. Yeah, and had he come to me after, I probably would have hesitated. Yeah, yeah, it's it's too hard. Well, and you're hurting so bad. You like, I, if I had a nickel for every time I said, "Why do I love these stupid cats?" and bring them into my I house, know. they just break your heart, right? Right. <laughs> But then you also oh, don't you want can. to feel like you're replacing one with the other because you never can. Yeah. They're all they're all their exactly. own, you know. Oh, oddly enough, and I'm you know this obviously having 19, but my eight cats, every one of them's personality is different. It they just amazes me very that much might, like children. We might need to talk about that on the next segment because we're at 30 minutes. Yes, that's a good idea. All right. Well, I hope people learned something from this. If nothing else, got a little comfort that we're all in this together. But I would really encourage picking up Sadie's Heart. It's a great read, but it's also, like I said, it's a great resource for having a cat with with special medical needs um, and, of course, on grief. And it was just such an amazing resource. Well, I'm glad I could help. understand oh tremendous and you know it might be might help others to understand the bond that we get with our cats the people that aren't cat parents that will help them to understand a little better what someone's going through you know maybe if you lose your cat your friend isn't being kind enough you can't hand them a a copy of Sadie's heart so they understand (laughs) yeah you know there's someone out there who's felt it and understands yes yes and that's you know the old saying misery loves company but it's just that we find consolation and others going through the same thing and we've all we've all been through it there's a heartbreak that it is so we will come back for the next podcast with hopefully a happier topic but (laughs) i think we should follow this up with something happy (laughs) we definitely should but thank everyone who has listened in and for taking time with us and spending some time with us. We really appreciate all of Rita's supporters and friends. We have quite, quite the Catitude community out there. I love everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next time. Bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.